0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lamian, And my guest today is the creator of Escaping the Arts podcast, Mr. Ernest Smith. Thank you for joining me.
1: Uh, thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate you having me on, man.
0: Man, before we do anything, man, I wanted to um, say congratulations on the podcast. Um, I found it in the podcast group, man. It's an excellent listen.
1: Okay, thank you. I appreciate it, man. I put a lot of effort into it, man, so I'm glad you enjoyed it
0: definitely now you the the escaping the the podcast is called escaping the odds what was the motivation behind it
1: wow that's, that's an excellent question man actually escaping the odds was a, a idea that i had um, conjured up maybe about three years ago while i was serving time in federal prison i was probably on my maybe like my seventh year of a, a 12-year sentence and I would come across a lot of men who were like really brilliant as it relates to like business and things of that nature. And I'm like, man, you know what? Society don't know about these men, right? Society automatically thinks that someone who's locked up, they're, um, they're no good for society or they just really don't really have any value to offer. But what I had experienced was different. And I'm like, man, I really want to, when I get out to really be able to tell these stories of these men and, um, not just an inspiring story, but also, Utilize these man stories and, and business acumen to be able to actually um, teach other people out there in the free world. So pretty much, that's where it came from.
0: Yeah, you you've done an excellent job of finding people like um, just just with the title in and, and and following following what you titled it and the purpose. Um, up to this point, you've done an excellent job.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man.
0: Now you you mentioned that you did nine years in federal prison.
1: How did how did it change your perspective on life? Wow, it changed me a, a whole lot, man. Just being able to value time and to um realize that I had a purpose in life and a calling on my life. Uh, I was I was probably most unlikely to go to prison. Um I grew up on the south side of Chicago, of course, in impoverished areas and things of that nature, but I had always valued education. So I had some book smarts and I also had some street smarts. You know what I mean? And so um, going to prison was pretty much not something that most people would have expected of me. But, uh, while there, I just felt like I had really got back to the essence of who I was and really got a calling on my life to be able to come back out and be able to tell those stories. You know what I mean? That most people really don't hear about. And so mainly just changing my the, the perspective as like, a purpose that I have on my life, a calling that I have on my life, and it's prison reform. And entrepreneurship and so that was like the main thing just to be able to value every moment every second that we have of our freedom and just making sure that we we're living up to what god has pretty much given us to do down here so that's where i'm at with it amen Did, did
0: something did something happen like that that actually made that triggered you into finding your purpose i mean besides besides being locked up did like while you were in, did something happen? Like, did you have like an awakening moment that you could
1: recall? Uh, I, I think it was just mainly like cumulative, man. I don't think it was like one day I woke up and it was just like a aha moment. It was just like growing up, just growing up in there, you know, just um, maturing as a man and just really, um, just realizing that I really had shortchanged myself while I was out. Again, I was most unlikely to go to prison. You know what I mean? I had a college degree in business, but also I was, I was dabbling heavily in the streets selling drugs too at the same time. So, um, really, I I can't really pinpoint that one time where I was like, okay, I'm gonna change, you know, but because it was all from the beginning, I had knew that I wasn't going back to the streets. I wasn't going to live this kind of lifestyle going in and out of prison. Uh, it was one and done for me. So uh, it was it was more so like cumulative, just over the time, just doing my time and just really just um, searching myself and just reading different books and of course my faith uh, had a major part in that. And so I just knew I wasn't coming back, and I just knew I had to get back to who I actually was, which was, uh, was a was was a businessman and you know, always been that. I was just selling the wrong product.
0: So you you actually have a you actually have a college degree.
1: Right, yeah, I got a bachelor's degree in uh, business management.
0: Wow!
1: I yeah, yeah, that was that was several years before I was even locked up. You know what I'm saying? Like I always education has been valued in my in my household. You know what I'm saying? Um, we were poor, but we had so we had some sense. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, uh, yeah, so I always knew that I wanted something different, despite what was around me. I just took a shortcut. You know what I'm saying? Like hustling came easy for me. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't look at it like drugs. I looked at it like it was another product I was selling. You know what I'm saying? And so the same tactics that they were teaching me in school, I was just applying to the streets. And it, it, it was easy for me. And uh, I quote unquote excelled in that area.
0: Now, where'd you go to college?
1: I went to, I went to Columbia College. It's, a, it's an art school in uh, Chicago. Pretty, pretty popular.
0: Oh, so you went to an art school, but you got business management
1: yeah business management, yeah
0: okay okay I, I mean yeah, because when you mentioned that you was you would be unlikely to to do prison i, I was wondering why you felt that way, but now that I see you actually educated man, you know you, you got some good things going, you had you know being educated you're right you wouldn't expect for that choice to come down, but I mean, was it the law, the streets? Was it the
1: money? What was it that got you into it? It was It was mainly, it was the money, man. Um, and like I say, I, I don't think that it was, I mean, maybe subconsciously it was a peer pressure kind of a thing, but I've always been like a leader. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, I just seen opportunities. Again, just looking at it, of course, not as like drugs because it was the norm in my environment i was like okay it was opportunity for me to sell some dope i first started selling weed at 15 years old and then escalated to cocaine and eventually uh heroin that's what i went to prison for and um so it was just the opportunity was there and i think in most environments in the suburbs like the opportunity isn't there for them to to be presented with um situations where they can make a fast buck, so they're not, they don't have access to it. I had access to it because I'm, I'm from the inner city of Chicago, so it's there. You know what I mean? And so it's all around me. And so basically, it was just the lure of the money, bottom line. That's a shortcut.
0: Okay. Now, you went in, you did your nine years, and unfortunately, there's so many people that, that go back. Right. What, what, what was your mindset
1: when you were getting out? My mindset when I was getting out was like, you know what? It wasn't even about, um, I'm concerned with coming back. That wasn't even like my. that didn't even come on my radar because I was one and done, you know what I mean? So it wasn't a thought of, okay, well, I'm gonna go back out here and I'm concerned with, you know, getting back locked up or I don't have a skill set or anything of that nature because I had prepared so much while I was incarcerated and then again... If nothing else, I always had to fall back on my degree. You know what I'm saying? I've always been a learner, so I was like, okay, push gonna show. I can always just say, I could create me a resume, you know what I mean, and, and put on there, hey, I got a college degree, and I know that'll get me in the door. And so, but for me, it was more so just like uh, the anxiety of not knowing what to expect as it relates like to relationships. You know what I'm saying, like with my daughter, my daughter mom, you know, um, my family, things of that nature. And like, what am I going to do? Like specifically like to get on my feet. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't a matter of I got a choice, I'm gonna sell some dope or I'm gonna give me a job. I always knew I was gonna come out and do something from an entrepreneurial standpoint, but I knew I had to get a job first and foremost. And so um that's where my focus was at. Just making sure that I had some kind of employment to kind of start bringing in some revenue and then having a place or uh, a roof to kind of to make sure I had somewhere to live. And so it wasn't the typical fear of, okay, I'm gonna go and pick up a sack again. I'm gonna start hustling again. That didn't come across my mind because that was, uh, that was over and done with many years ago.
0: Now, how was your daughter when you first went in?
1: My daughter wasn't even born yet. Um, oh. Yeah, my daughter was, um, when I left my daughter's mom, she was three months pregnant. And so my daughter, she, she's 10 now.
0: Wow. So what is, it, how, how has that adjustment been? Because you've, you, you've had to, you know, get acclimated to being in her life. So how's that been?
1: Uh, it's, it's, it has been kind of, you know, it's ups and downs. You know, um. And I think one of the reasons is because we don't live in the same state. Uh, while I was incarcerated, uh, I had the opportunity to see her um, throughout the years, but also, if nothing else, we were speaking on the telephone like at least three times a week. So, uh, And her mom didn't, she didn't speak negative on my name, so that's one thing I could say. You know what I mean? That she kind of knew her, who her dad was in the whole nine, and uh, when I got out, You know, they live in, a like I said, another state. So it's just kind of hard to kind of see as much as I want to, um, despite me seeing her, I mean, talking to her on the phone and things of that nature. And so um, I'm sure that she'd have some some questions and things like that for me. Um, I've been out of her life for so long, you know, and so it's just repairing. And that's one of the things that we have to do as men when we come home, especially for our daughters, like to make sure that we stand their lives no matter what. Our relationships may be with the with the child's um, mother.
0: Now you and you now you knew you 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 again you you mentioned your education and you felt good about getting out and you you had a good plan and a good plan yeah. in place. Did you yeah. did your did your record hinder you from getting any opportunities?
1: Um, you know what? No. And yes and no. Um, from a from a job standpoint. I was able to, to get in and I, I still currently work at, at that job. Now as a, like a, uh, a freight broker. I do that, uh, full time, but it did hinder me and being able to actually, but I'm, I'm pretty uh, proficient at f- financial literacy and things of that nature. So one of the things that I do is to be able to I like to go into schools and speak to the youth about this, know how to be financially literate. And that has stopped me in um, a couple occasions where. Because of my background, I wasn't able to actually go inside of um, certain public schools because of my because of my drug background. So in that case, yeah. But as far as employment, no. Okay.
0: Okay. That that's well that's good. That's good to know. What yeah. What is your view, because you know, that's it's a hot button hot button topic, prison review. What is your yeah. view
1: on it? On um, prison reform?
0: Yeah, prison reform, I'm sorry.
1: Oh yeah, I definitely, uh, I believe that some changes need to be made and, um, I think it's, it's going in the right direction. Um, men and women need a second, third, fourth, maybe sometimes a fifth chance to get it right. You know what I'm saying? Just so happened I got it right on the first time, you know, but, um, there need to be also programs and things of that nature preparing men and women. So once they get out that they have stability. You know what I mean? Like to create some kind of a pipeline. Uh while I was incarcerated, I was a part of a um, what they call a reentry committee and pretty much just helping the guys get out. Um like the smallest things, like making sure that um child support, stuff like that is kinda taken care of because as we both know, in certain states child support can hinder you from getting a driver's license, right? And if I don't have my driver's license, that means that I can't I can't get a job in certain areas, right? And so, um those small little nuances of things like that that needs to be um, kind of rectified to make sure that there is a pipeline for successful women when men get out and women come home as well. But also, with even the laws like for the federal prison, with the mandatory minimums and things of that nature, man, where you have to do a mandatory of, of 10 years, a mandatory of 20 years, a mandatory of life sentences that a lot of people in society just don't know and understand much about, you know, um, I think it will really shock a lot of people listening. If I told them that, um, I knew countless men who were doing a life sentences for drugs, no violence at all. And, um, that's, that's crazy within it, within itself. And so as it relates to, uh, prison reform with the mandatory minimums, just just striking down all these draconian drug laws as they sit on the books right now, can really uh give a lot of men and women a chance to be able to come home and have a second, third, fourth, or fifth chance at life. I think that's very important. And um I think with the First Step Act, which is an initiative that Congress um uh, had passed, uh, within the federal system, I think it'll do it'll kinda undo some of those harms. Um and it'll really help a lot of men and women out. So I'm definitely all for it. Man.
0: Yeah. It, it it definitely needs it definitely needs to be looked at because unfortunately our community is the biggest victim of it. So it definitely needs yeah. to be looked at. Now you mentioned you mentioned earlier, um, going into schools and talking to the youth. Are there other things that you do in the community to help the young people to not make the same mistakes you
1: made? Um that's, that's one thing that I'm really I'm focusing on, man, to be able to um to go in there and like just really kind of tell my story outside of just the financial literacy. So, um, I haven't been able to, to do that quite yet. Mainly it's been uh, just a financial literacy piece, um, and not really being able to tell my story, um, like I would want to. So definitely if there's any listeners out there that's willing to, um, bring me in and kind of have me speak to the user about my own story and kind of sway them from a life of crime, I'm, I'm definitely open to that.
0: Okay. That, yeah, you you definitely should you definitely need to tell your story because it's you know it's a it's it's a story of redemption. Like I can tell that you know you're on the right path, you're rebuilding, and you're just putting things back together.
1: And that's that's a, the a key word, putting it back together, man. It's definitely um it's it's, it's a little bit more difficult than I had expected. You know what I mean? I, not saying I knew it was going to be easy or I thought it was going to be easy. I just didn't realize the grind that was in it. <laughs> you know?
0: What's some of the things you you found the most challenging?
1: Man, to be honest, man, like, um, it may seem simple to a lot of people, but for me, like, social media. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, i wrapping my mind. Like, I, I, of course, I read so much while I was incarcerated, so I knew about Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all these different social media outlets. And I knew the importance of leveraging those outlets to be able to kind of get my message across, but to actually utilize it, right, and to be able to just be a part of that whole community and just always been a private person. And so really, like, shedding my story or just shedding the things that I'm doing on social media, I'm still getting used to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's 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 one of the challenges as well. But I'm definitely overcoming that. And um and pretty much just also um just networking, I'm building my uh, professional network up, you know, before I had left, despite me having a college degree, I really didn't use it. And so um because I didn't use it, I didn't build those kind of professional networks, uh, people, you know, that kind of connect to. So everything that I'm doing now, since I've been out, like just building up this social capital, if you will, um, that's been a challenge, but it's been great at the same time. And just being able to uh, be in certain rooms that, um, you know, it's like in the beginning, kind of be uncomfortable. You know what I mean? You are starting over fresh and new and you're around people that's established. You know, and so you kind of like you got to make sure you got to keep your confidence in check.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Have you, has you, have you ever like sat back and thought about what life would be like if you didn't catch the charge, like if you didn't make the decisions you made to get involved with the streets?
1: Um, I have, and to be honest with you, man, I think that be going to prison. My whole incarceration, that whole journey was probably one of the better things that happened to me, right? And then, again, it's all about perspective, right? Some people may say, how is that? You know, um, it's just the way I look at things. Um, like, there wouldn't be an escape in the odds if I didn't go to prison. Like, I wouldn't be on this prison reform um, whole, whole thing or even uh, entrepreneurship. Well, I've always been an entrepreneur, so especially about the prison reform right? Um, that wasn't on my radar at all to be able to do that, and so I kind of look at my story kind of like the Joseph story in the Bible, you know what I mean? Um, what they meant for evil, God meant for good, you know, and so when well, we thought that he was just helping his family out, you know what I'm saying? He was helping the whole nation out, and so I think that's what I'm doing with the um, Escaping Oz movement, and I, that, that wouldn't be a movement if I didn't get incarcerated, and I wouldn't be connected to the people that I'm connected to um if I didn't get incarcerated because it's my story. I wouldn't be on this podcast with you today if I didn't get incarcerated. So
0: Well, I, I personally wanna um commend you, man, because you know, people make people make decisions and sometimes they make bad decisions and they continue to make bad decisions. But you've you've changed, you've um you used, you know, you've used what you had and you again you've been rebuilding. So I definitely wanna commend you for doing that.
1: Man, thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. And I'm just trying to highlight the um, so many other brothers and sisters out there that's, that's doing the same thing that I'm doing, and um, just leveling up in life. And so that's what I continue to plan on doing, man. To to keep bringing those stories out and and teaching at the same time entrepreneurship.
0: And also, just and and also, I just want to thank you for um, just sharing your journey on my platform. Um, I reached out to you. And you were, you were, you responded, and you said you would do it, and you you've been man of your word. So I truly appreciate you sharing your journey on my platform. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no doubt, bro, and I appreciate you, man, for what you're doing as well, man. And um, we we need more platforms like this, just on all levels, just giving people voices to be able to um, just to vocalize their story or whatever they're doing
0: definitely I want you to make sure you tell the people how they can um, follow you and also follow the podcast because again it's a great podcast you've highlighted some excellent stories and I I, I I listen to it every week and I highly recommend people listen to it so I want you to make sure you put out how they can listen to it and how they can follow you as well
1: okay no doubt thank you man um, yeah, I'm on Instagram at Escaping the Odds Podcast on Facebook um, Escaping the Odds or under my personal name, I am underscore Aaron Smith. Uh, also, my podcast "Escaping the Odds" can be found on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Breaker, uh, Pocket Casts, anywhere pretty much where podcasts are played. I'm available. Um, I drop them brand new, spanking off the wire every Tuesday, 5 p.m. Central Time, and uh, guaranteed to learn something. Yeah, great story, man, from brothers and sisters who's really overcome, and I'll continue to um, Escape the Odds. And so I'll continue to bring these stories to y'all, and I just want y'all to support. Um, escapingtheodds.com is right now we're developing a website, and so there'll be more dope content on there as well. And so just continue to uh, follow, subscribe, like, leave reviews, whether good or bad or indifferent. Um, just let me know what you guys are thinking. Thanks a lot.
0: Definitely. And I want to take this time to thank my sponsors, uh, First Gen Fly, Chain Entertainment as well. And a special thank you to Rako Williams and Arnez Clock for believing in my vision and, and supporting my platform. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, everyone who chose to listen to the podcast. Um, pray, hopefully, pray for you continue to listen. You all have a great day.